This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So here we are, Tafshin Pei Gimel. And uh, we are 330, sorry, 3,334 years after Harsinai, um, coming back to the Exodus. So that means that we are, this is going to be uh, 3,335 years since the since the actual day that we left Mitzrayim. It's a lot of days. It's easy to remember the number, though, because it's 3335 now. So 3,335 years. And believe me, I waited for years teaching Shiram all the time, talking about that date, waiting for the 3333, which happened two years ago. And we're leaving as a cloud, but we're also going to leave within. We're going to leave in, out of our own personal goals. And we're all, we're all in a personal goals. And you rarely get that beautiful glimpse outside your own story, but we're all just, our perspective is so complex. You know that scientists have never figured out how we witness anything. They just can't figure it out because it's so complex. How many lenses we look through to see reality. So, so meaning like 10 people are going to have 10 different views of a cow on a hike. And we just we just all see it differently. Now I know those of you who are possibly graduates have seen what it is to really see, because we all I gave that glimpse that we all had, where you actually were seeing what things were. You know, you all of a sudden saw things, tasted things, touched things, and you do get in there sometimes, and that's when you're able to turn off all the filters and really be fully present. And we want to make Pesach that time again. I want to make Pesach that that leaving of our personal goals, and and let's let's go into the some thoughts about it all together, like just to go into it, and and that is that the the job since Yud Nisan, my birthday, the job since Yud Nisan is to grab the set and to inspect it, but where to inspect it? You have to inspect the sheep for blemishes for mumim in your inner room tie it to the bedpost in your inner room and and what's that inner room the inner room is a room that nobody sees and and for for us what that means is this the inner voice inside of us of what we are willing to say about ourselves as a as in total contradiction to the selim elokim that god creates in us meaning we're all made in the image of god and but that voice inside our heads that we are what we're willing to say about ourselves to ourselves is the ultimate god of egypt and what is the god of egypt well the god of egypt is a sheep okay so what's a sheep well a sheep's made of two major parts it's got the body and then it's got the wool and the wool's a very big deal you know wool is a is a very big deal because it's what makes a sheep big and puffy and and uh you know, that's the hummets. Sheep have their own hummets. Now, uh, just to tell you a quick story, you might have heard me tell this story before, but it's super short. And that is that my, my grandfather was a wool trader. And we used to go to Sacramento and visit my grandfather. And he, and he would, And my oh good Avi Shanks right under my camera. I forgot to get rid of David Klitz. I got rid of him though. Um, my grandfather used to take us up there. So we'd get out of his his Jeep Cherokee, 
and we would see these giant sheep. I mean, these sheep were perfect breeds for wool. They were they were for the wool business. So they're like a huge coats of wool. And we all, me and my brothers, were hiding under my grandfather's legs to protect us from the monsters. Anyway, our grandfather led us along till the uh, the shearers, the the people who do the actual shearing of the sheep, and we watched them shearing the sheep. But when they got on the other side of the sheep shear, they were like these scrawny, goopy little like they were like oversized rats, meaning they were they were like a, a fraction of the size. They lost all their scariness. They just looked like these, and the goop that was all over them is sheep sweat. Um, which is which is called lanolin. It's the skincare product that's in. Sorry, it's the ingredient that's the most important ingredient in every skincare product. Which I suggest, by the way, everyone should have a tube of a hundred percent pure lanolin. Um, that that hundred percent pure lanolin has saved our family. In the front left uh, vest pocket, you'll always see a little of this stuff, which of course nursing mothers know all about. But we discovered this stuff years ago and our peeling, cracking hands ended immediately as soon as we discovered this stuff. And not only that, you can put it on a cut. Once the cut's uh, closed, you can put on any cut and get rid of your cut within several days earlier. You will have no more cut there. So um, the company is called, of course, the women all know this, but they're not on this group. Um, Probably a few women, but they're called, uh, it's called Lanolin. Sorry, it's called Lanzano. Lanzano. I order... I order every few months, I order a bunch of little ones for my pocket and my wife's purse and stuff and big ones for the house. And your your dry skin days are history. Now, the sheep is covered in lanolin and it's this little scrawny, goopy nothing. We came out from the legs of my grandfather because we were no longer afraid of these these giant sheep that we saw when we got out of his out of his Jeep. And... So what is that sheep? What is that sheep that we tied to to the bedpost? And we're looking for blemishes. We're looking for blemishes of wool? No, the wool, we don't care about the wool. What we're looking for is that the animal itself is messed up. Maybe the animal's messed up. Maybe the sheep sees himself as a scrawny nothing, as a mezar. And isn't that interesting that the land of Mitzrayim is the word mezar. It's scrawny, you know, constricted. The word mezar means it's a constricted thing. And human beings are deeply constricted beings, deeply constricted beings. You know, this is one of the reasons why Carlene is such a Heliga place to daven, not for your first time. Your first time, you're just like, but when you get, if you come to Carlene a few times, you get used to it. No one's constricted there. Everyone's just like, everyone's got the coal of the shofar, just like, you know, you're in full tequila. By the time you're anywhere near Shira Sayama already, Nishmas, forget about it. You know, you're losing it. You're not holding back at all. And in the possible you, when we get everyone and the, doing the screaming therapy, which is called primal scream therapy, you'll see so many people are having such a hard time releasing their voice because they hold back. You've spent your whole life holding back, which is the flight mode. That's the flight mode, but we'll get into that a little later. Um, but people hold back. And, you know, the last hollow that Shlomo Karlebach said two weeks before he died, the last hollow, he said to all, all the, all the chassidim there, he said to them, don't hold back, don't hold back. He yelled at them, don't hold back during hollow. How many of us are always holding back? 
We're always holding back. That's flight. Holding back. Don't hold back. Never hold back. You know, don't die with your song still inside you. Don't die with your words still inside you. Okay? Don't die with, with what you came to tell this world still inside you. How many people will have died and never told their story? Meaning never sang their song. Never, never, never really shared their, their, their beauty to the world because they were so afraid. And then just died like cowering into a corner, you know, put in the earth, having never, you know, expressed themselves. You know, that, that, that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate death. And the, uh, and whereas you can live your life and let your death be a celebration. Did you know that people who don't, the people who hold back are scared to death of dying. You know that people who hold back are scared to death of dying. Why? Because I don't want to die before I gave it out. You know, I don't want to die before I gave everything out. And so I'm scared to die. But someone who already gives it out, someone who doesn't hold back and you just give it out. So that person's not afraid to die. Their death is a, is a graduation. You know, it's like graduating a university. They're like, okay, I finished. The, I finished. I gave it all out. And nothing left to give out. My wife and I used to say that when we die, we're going to take our bodies like, like a drape. You know, like you're holding a drape or like a glima. Like a, we're just going to take the garment of our meaning just our bodies because we used every last drop there's nothing left in it. it's just hanging down and we're just going to go like this to a sham we're just going to go take it take it you know the, we, we every last we squeezed every last drop out of it every last drop you know and you don't want to die with your energy in you how many of you when's the last time any of you tested your ability to of energy output you understand to the very end to where you're like, you're starting to hallucinate from how exhausted you were from the output, you know, like when's it, when's the last time you put out like that, you know, for, for many people and lots of my friends and myself included, that's a, that's a regular thing. That's a couple of days a week where I'm, I'm going all the way to the end of what I've got. And, and so when you go all the way with what you got, you know, now you know, now you know what you got, you know, like now you know that you put it all out. My brother wrote a song for Karlibach, which is how I got to hear this story. I was in the mikveh today in the mikveh in my neighbor in the shtetlach, Nachlaod. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's, um, I can't believe I'm with Adam Karsh. Adam, I love you. This is, this is my friend Blair Karsh. He was my student forever and ever and ever. I don't even know how many years. And uh, when I first met him, he says, Hi, he, he, oh, he, he called me and he says, this is Blair Karsh, Blair Karsh. And my, my wife and I say that till this day, every time we mention your name, we say, this is Blair Karsh, Blair Karsh. So listen, the, um, she's going to be so excited. You're on, you came on. Um, so in my mikveh here in the shtetlach and nachlaot, it's like a real free for all. Like you, can, you can do whatever you want in there, and it's a, it's a good time. We, we, most of the neighbors spend twenty to thirty minutes in there, just you know, hanging out and teaching each other different things. I think we all live longer, actually, as well, because if you see something growing on someone's back, you're likely to tell him, and he'll go straight to the hospital. I think Hasidim live longer, actually, just from someone saying, "Hey, you better check that thing out." 
because the rest of the world never gets to see each other naked. And we actually see each other's bodies and we can point stuff out to each other. And like, like often I say to the guy next to me, I say, you know, I noticed that you're very fat. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't do that at the mikvah. Um, although a, a guy got in there on Erev Shabbos that I thought was going to flood the whole neighborhood. And the, it was because there were more, there were, there was more meat than soup in the mikvah at the time. And the, um, uh, yeah, uh, someone said that someone said shkedim marach, marach, shkedim, shkedim marach, which means uh, uh, that we're all uh, um, soup nuts in Hebrew. It's shkedim marach. I said, I said shkedim marach, <laughs> the neighbors of marach. So anyway, the So I was in the mikveh today, and I, I was singing to an old, old Talmud of, the, of Shlomo Kalabah, a real close Talmud of his. I sang the song that my brother wrote um, about, about Shlomo. Very beautiful song. I'll play just a little cut of that. And um, such a beautiful song. And, and the chorus of the song is, I will not hold back my love. And when I said that to him, he told me the story that Shlomo Karlebach, Erev, Erev, that two weeks before he died, screamed at all, all the minion, you know, don't hold back. Oh, I got it right here. Where is that thing? Here it is. Listen to how beautiful. Are you listening? If you can hear me now, I want to thank you for the chance. To sing a couple songs together while you're listening Can I tell you how you made this dark and lonely place Seem a little sweeter than before you came To share the view that only you could see Here's the chorus And I will not Taking this place to remind us while I was singing. Are you listening? Ten thousand arms cannot embrace me like a single kiss. The love that you were given seemed to know no worthy bounds. You always found the words to say. Right. And I will not give up hope. And the miracle is always there. And I will not hold back my love. Show me that love is everywhere. 
how to write songs by the way <laughs> you guys can check out my brother by the way sam glazer just go online you'll find all his music on there and uh there's ro- not all his music he's got like five thousand songs but whatever whenever he had enough time or money to record in his studio he's always recording everyone else i i wish someone would discover him and say you're not allowed to record anyone else and just get those songs out because he's got like a couple hundred worth of cds and every song sounds like that, by the way, meaning not exactly like that, but meaning every song's unique to the subject. So, guys, let's get back into it. The Matesar is that scrawny little sheep. And the word Matesar, the scrawniness, the constriction, which is the, the stuff we're willing to say about ourselves, all that Motsi Shamra that we're willing to say about ourselves, that constriction is the is is the letters mem tzadik resh, metzar. Now, what do we do? We've got the outer sheep. The inner sheep is the scrawny sheep. That's the one we have to check out deeply inside our only the place we go, our inner bedroom place. But the outer sheep also gets slaughtered. We didn't shear the sheep before we slaughter it. We, we check the outer sheep. What's the outer sheep? The outer sheep's the puffed up stick ego sheep. And that's the semer, tzadik mem reish, which is the same oisios of meitzar. Semer has the same letters as meitzar because, because the, the root of how someone puffs themselves up to be seen is the is the scrawniness in other words we generate from being doing generates from being and the if the being is constricted i.e inner negative beliefs stuff we're willing to say negatively about ourselves if that's where we generate from because that's the being and then we do um, a puffed up fight job with our survival strategies, or we're holding ourselves back, which is what we just did that whole unit with the song my brother wrote of holding back love, and learning how to stop doing that so you can be fully alive and have, having really given of yourself fully in your life, like sing your song before you died. The So that putting out is, um, is 
sorry, that holding back is part of these survival strategies. But of course, the way most people know it is with the simmer, is with the puffed out ego. Now, all of this is going on so deeply inside us that that we lose perspective, meaning we lose the, the expanded consciousness that is reality. Like reality is that expanded consciousness. Like that's what's real. And we lose that. And you all know when you, when you know that feeling when you're losing expanded consciousness. And it's, and it's, and it's hard to predict when it's going to hit when you lose it. And it's hard to get it back when you lose it. And it's, and it's a shame too, because all the work you're doing is for, to enjoy, let's say your family, but now you're with your family, but you're in like a constricted consciousness. So it's like, how many people have constricted consciousness? Layla Seder. And all the work they did just came to constricted consciousness at the, at the Seder. And this is one very important reason not to be drinking grape juice. That's for sure. Because the, uh, because if you drink a full cup of red wine, <laughs> you know, good luck. Good luck having constricted consciousness at that point. I mean, you may be lost and drunk and who knows what, but at least you're not, you're no longer in that previous consciousness. And uh, my Rebbe brings down um, the, you know, the person who I've been very, very close with. I've, everything I've ever taught you guys actually comes from one hidden Rebbe. Um, I'm a Pinskarlina Chosid, as like our family, Chosidus, everything, and the big stuff we do. But I'm connected all these years to a very secret, secret Sadik. And, um, but he, he and, it, and when with him means we're just deep in Sifre Kiddush, like for hours and hours and hours at a time. And, and he brought down many times that Kiddush Aliyayin, the reason we do Kiddush on wine, is because the spectrum, the perspective, the full spectrum of consciousness that comes every Shabbos is so much bigger than a working man's work week, than what a man deals with on a work day-to-day level. And so what do you think? Just because you did Kabbalah Shabbos, you can, you can, you're like expanded now. Kabbalah Shabbos is a good start. Taking a mikvah before is a good start. Getting yourself prepared, good start. Setting up your wife's candles, good start. Doing, going into shul, good start. Going to do Kabbalah Shabbat, good start. Mayri is a good start. Saying good Shabbos, everybody's a great start. But the main thing is you got to hit the wine. You got to hit that full cup of wine and drink a whole revius of wine and, and expand yourself. And the, I tell people who are guests to drink a revius of wine when the, if you know, the Balabayas hands you a shot glass of grape juice, just hand it back. Grab his wine bottle, pour yourself a revius of wine. And the, and the, and so Layla Seder, we're going, we're going big with wine. I mean, I remember one year my wife and I did all this work and then we brought all these guests. We were like a young couple and we drank the first cup. And we were like, oh man, we're trash. And then we, we drank, we drank the second cup and we were gone. You know, by the time we drank the second one, and then we were all depressed because now we're, oh gosh, we did all this work and we want to be clear, but we're not clear. Until my wife looked at me and laughing and she says, who says Hashem wants us so clear? Who says Hashem says wine? Just drink the wine. You know, wherever it takes you, that's your, that's your Pesach this year. So just go with it, go with it. And ever since then, okay, you know, wherever the wine takes me. And it only one year really knocked us out like that. And we were okay a couple hours later, but 
when we got to the third and fourth cups. But you know, it's better just to follow the tradition exactly and, and let the cards land where they land, you know. And the um anyway, so back to back to us is going into Oh, to getting that perspective. So I was walk, I was walking with a chassid on Shabbos, a particularly smart guy who, and he was, he's smarter than all of you, by the way. Um, almost every one of you. Let's see who's on this group. Yeah, he's smarter than all you guys. You know why? Because he, he's a chassid from the tri-state area who made Aliyah. <laughs> he moved there to Israel. And uh, that's how I know he's smarter than all of you. Anyway, but uh, but we were... I hope you're enjoying my joke. So the when we're walking out, he was asking me, you know, about the possible you, whatever, and and he said, oh gosh, you know, I'm I'm too intellectual for this for coming to a seminar like that. And I said, yeah, you know, you'll probably suffer a bit the first day, but by the second day, you're not going to know what the hell's going on. You're going to be so far gone, you know, like you you yeah, you start off composed, but you're going to lose your composure very quick, and by the third day, forget it. <laughs> you know, you're going to it's going to be hard to peel you off the floor with a spatula. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I can't explain this exactly to you. I'm not going to be able to explain it. But look at that swing set over there. So I point across the way to a swing set. This is us walking out of shul, Shabbos Vagodal, and uh, Shabbos morning after Kiddush. And I said, you see that swing set? And he said, yeah. And I said, I said, you realize that you're seeing that swing set through all kinds of filters. That is a, that is a filters that science will never understand how you filter out a swing set. And I'm filtering it through all my filters, and neither of us are really truly seeing seeing the truth of the swing set. And when you can shut those filters off, when you get those filters shut off, you see. Then you can see. As we're going to say in Halo, Hashem Libo Zorai, which is a very interesting thing to say. Hashem Libo Ozorai. What is that supposed to mean? So Hashem Li, and that I get, like Hashem's mine, like when Hashem's with me. Be'oizerai means with my helpers. And for those of you who know what a yes world's all about, you know, everyone's your helper, and you're everyone else's helper. We're all helping each other, and we're all living in this yes world together. I say yes, you say yes, we all work together. And there's everything you can look at, everything I'm seeing in your rooms, those whose cameras are on, which I appreciate so much. And if you're backlit, please turn on a, a little more front light so I can see your face. That's uh, whoever's got the blinds there. Even though your light, your camera's on so I can see you. Who's got the blinds behind you? I can't see you at all because you're backlit. Anytime you're backlit, um, you're, you're only half visible. Oh, hey, Chaimai. How you doing? Um, that is Chaimai, right? You're still barely visible. Anyway, the... Um, yeah. Hey, brother. Um, the, yeah, Ari Weber's front lit. That's for sure. Now the, um, anyway, moving, moving on the, when you get this filter shut down, all the things that filter out reality. So then you, then you get to see. It's not an easy thing. I mean, p- people are dealing with, with a lot of dark, dark filters. And it's, it's complex. Human beings are very complex. And uh, there's no, no one's ever come up with the way, because if they came up with the way, we'd have all done it already. 
Like the, if, if someone actually came up with the way to, to see with clarity, to live in that consciousness of expansion, we would all be doing it. And so it seems that we're going to have to take a multifaceted, meaning a, a, we're going to have to use very many different modalities to get to the clarity, to get to that expanded consciousness. We've got to use a lot of different things. Every tool that's, at our, that's available to us, we've got to use to get it. Because when you have it, then your life's worth living. And when you don't have it, there's a certain feeling inside, like, like, I'm not really, I'm not really alive. You know, I don't feel truly alive. And, and so that means you got to find it. You got to find the answers. And sometimes you got to be very patient too. Sometimes it takes time, takes time to find it. I have done my best to make the possible. You hit as many modalities as I've ever learned in creating consciousness. So, so I, I have had mumchim in there who are, you know, older than me, who have been, who've spent 20, 30 years in the world of personal growth to get expanded consciousness. And they've actually come up to me after the seminar and said, okay, you had this, you had that, you had this, you had that. There. Like they were able to list all the different modalities that we're using during possible you. And which is one of the reasons of the success, because we're hitting you on so many different levels. We're basically like bead blasting. You probably don't know what bead blasting is, but um, but it's it's a it's a way of machining metal where you shoot millions of BBs at the metal and it blasts it blasts the metal hardens it. I tell you the truth, I don't know what bead blasting does, but as a mountain biker, I know that there was bead blasting involved in some of the frames on my bikes over the years. But that's what we're doing: bead blasting. And Pesach is the time where we come out, where we actually actualize ours, where we actualize ourselves. You know, uh, six months ago, Sukkot was when we plant our, the seeds. What do we want? We daven, what do we want? Hashem, please give us such a great year. But that, but all those was like planting of seeds. And then we, then the next three months, that was the first three months from Elo. And then, uh, and then, sorry, not Elo, from uh, uh, Tishrei. And then the next three months, which were just uh, finished coming into Nissan is three more months, which is called potential. So we had the, we had the um, pr- protection and then we have the guiding of our potential and throughout the next three months. And now we get to actualization. We're springing forth. And, and that's why the earth is so green now and the flowers are coming out and the fruits are, are, being born out of those flowers and and we're we're in the we're in the actualization mode so this is the time for us this is the time where we are are meant to to come forth to to spread out and to get conscious and the and then finally is that's three months into summer and then the last three months of summer are are the where we do the Cheshbon uh, Nefesh, which is the, um, what's the word I use for it usually? Actual, this is the actualization. And then there's a reflection, which is first reflection as a claw. That's, that's Tammuz, where we go into Shavasriva Tammuz and we start reflecting for three weeks as an Am. And then we go into, then we go into personal reflection. 
in Elul, which it culminates in personal reflection right back into planting our seeds again. So it's, a, it's three sets of four, three sets of four of pro- protection to, to um, um, potential to, um, meaning plant the seeds into protection, then potential three months, and then actual three months, and then the reflection for three months, which culminates in the whole Cheshbon and Nefesh of Elo. I want to mention that there are, um, this is very important for people, you know that in Judaism, you're not supposed to do a lot of work on yourself uh, most of the time. You're not supposed to actually work on yourself most of the time. And Jews are terrible at working on themselves compared to most people. The reason is, is because we're highly analytical people. And you are, it's not always great timing for analysis. So if you're doing full-time analysis, you're going to you're going to make yourself your life miserable. You can't always be trying to figure yourself out. Heard that, you hear me? Can't be full-time trying to figure yourself out. Okay? The there are times and my Moradir told me those times. He taught us those times and I'll share them with you right now. The times you're allowed to go deep into yourself are as follows. If you're taking notes, you might want to write them down, but everyone else can, you just remember them, okay? Um, Erev Shabbos. But when you toil Erev Shabbos, you have to see the water as like, as like acid that just burns off all the chesh when you did. And then you come out into freedom. Okay. Into Shabbos. Okay. So Erev Shabbos. And then, um, and then Erev Rosh Chodesh. Okay. Erev Shabbos, Erev Rosh Chodesh. So that gives you four days of the month. It gives you, um, plus the Erev Rosh Chodesh days. So now you got five days. Um, the next is the entire Chodesh of Elul. I'm sorry, the, the entire 40 days, till Yom Kippur, minus every Shabbos, because Shabbos is not a time for Cheshvan. If you're making Cheshvan Nefesh on Shabbos, you will not have Siyat HaDashmaya. It's not about that. Shabbos is expansion. They're, looking into yourself to grow is contraction, and Shabbos is expansion. Everything's contraction, expansion, right? Everything's plus and minus. Everything is is chaos and order. Okay, so this is how the world works. And Ratzel so the expansion is Shabbos, but you can contract and work on yourself. Erev Shabbos. Erev Rosh Chodesh, all of Elo till, till Yom Kippur, minus the four Shabbos, minus uh, the six Shabbases, if there's six, I think, and minus Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is not a day for that. Rosh Hashanah is being Mamli Hashem. So if you ever notice you don't enjoy Rosh Hashanah very much, you're probably thinking about yourself. It's not a yourself day. The whole beauty of Rosh Hashanah is total expansion into the Melech. Hashem, you are Melech. You're the Melech. That's it. Two full days of it, making Hashem Melech. It's a joy. It's so cool. And, and we know that he's just doing the Basher Sham anyway. And where do you want to be, actually, when he's... If God's going to give you your year based on the snapshot that he takes... Um, you know, in your big moment of Rosh Hashanah, wouldn't it? Wouldn't you want him to take that snapshot while you're making him melech? So, okay. So, and then uh, once you finish Rosh Hashanah, two days Rosh Hashanah, where you made a melech, now you can go back into Cheshvan and Nefesh for for um, uh, six more days, seven more days. Sorry, seven more days, and and those seven days now you can be mamlich mamish because you just had two days of clarity so you're like wow i've been mamlich him and what i look at and my mamlich and what i eat and my mamlich and what i hear have I, you can be mamlich hashem on all your ivarim 
on your your whole being and do the inner work of like you know seeing where you're at coming out yom kippur now yom kippur you're allowed to do cheshvan and nefesh that that's fine cheshvan and nefesh on yom kippur although i've watched that sadikim they don't seem to be doing cheshvan and nefesh on yom kippur but uh but certainly if you follow the machzer it's chazal are perfectly happy with us doing cheshvan and nefesh and plenty of tzaddikim are doing cheshvan nefesh on Yom Kippur. The um, the next is um, the the next is the looking for chametz during this whole period. As soon as you start doing Pesach, looking for chametz, looking for the ego. So it's very interesting that we're searching for chametz, but shechting a sheep. Because the sheep is the sheep, really the real body of the sheep is is that inner inner room, that that inner place, the inner negative beliefs, the, the stuff we're willing to say about ourselves. That's what we're we're checking for. But we're also, but the the actual mitzvah of bedikas chametz is we're looking for the puffed out ego, the part of us that has there's no room for Hashem. The cup is full, and it's full of us, and. And that that's the place where that's where we're looking. We're looking for that chametz. We're looking for that that semer. And it culminates on during these four days, where the yud yud nisan, my birthday again, is uh, the kachse. Take the sheep, inspect it, and so we inspect it. But on that fourth day, which will be Wednesday, you check that thing. You shake the 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 cheshbon nefesh is over. Do not go into Pesach making cheshbon on yourself. That's a mistake. Pesach's expansion time, man. Pesach's the fiftieth gate that you're going to spend the next seven weeks working back to. So this is certainly not a a personal a personal um, a contraction. It's an it's a klali. Hashem expansion, Rosh Hashanah night, and and so we check that sheep in the afternoon on Wednesday, and this is the year where they we're actually lined up because the actual Yitzias Mitzrayim was um, on Chatzos of Wednesday night of Yom Yom uh, Hamishi, or you know what I mean. The uh, it was uh, the Wednesday night, basically. We're we're right now aligned with the original one, which is cool for me because it's a kind of a bummer to have your birthday on Yud Nisan because you're like you know, your wife's like, okay, do the dining room table, and you're like, it's my birthday, and she's like, yeah, just do the dining room table, okay. So the but Baruch Hashem, when it lands on Shabbos, which is the way it was in the original leaving of Egypt, which is also kind of interesting because the commandment to take a sheep and tie it in, <laughs> tie it up in your bedroom is. Is an av malacha, you know. You're like, I mean, you're doing all kinds of things you're not supposed to be doing. But one of them is sad. You're not supposed to trap an animal, and now you're tying a permanent knot. Basically, you ever think of like the women on that day? Imagine your wife. Like, imagine you and your wife were living in those days, and your your wife's busy, you know, getting ready for the seismic am, you know, taking care of whatever, making sure the kids have what to wear, going into the desert, and you're like uh, coming in the front door, and you're like. Uh, honey, uh, and she's like, uh, she's like, get that sheep out of here. And you're like, 
<laughs> like, well, it's kind of an interesting commandment we got here, but uh, according to this Moshe character, uh, we're going to have this in our bedroom for the next four days. <laughs> He's like, are you kidding me? First of all, take that thing out of here and wash it. You know, I mean, I, I smelled it a mile away. You know, you imagine having a sheep in your bedroom for four days. You know, that's that's just not very romantic. And the, uh, and you know, just sheep in your bedroom. And you, it's not like people had big houses back then. It's not like, okay, we'll put them in our bedroom, but we're sleeping on the couch. You know, no, you're, you're going to be sleeping in your bed with a sheep tied to it. You know, you hope it doesn't get spooked in the middle of the night and drag your bed all the way across town. So the, anyway, the, I want to go. I just I realized that I forgot something. I was in the middle of oh. Hashem Libos Arai. Hashem's with me. Hashem's mine, and when he's mine, I realize that everyone's here not to get me. Not everyone's out to get me. Everyone's out to help me. Everyone's out to help me. And it's just so true, you know. Like like just random people. Like like all of us have been helping random people lately. And I don't know how close you get to live when you drive your car to and fro in uh over there in uh wherever you live but here in your where you're really on foot the whole time so like you can pay for the wine of the old lady like there was this old persian lady buying her bottle of wine she had no money i mean this lady was like this was her pesach bottle you know and it's like and she keeps telling she's telling she's giving me advice that my kids need to wear not that my kids were there but she's saying my kids need to wear sunscreen to protect them from the sun. I'm like, thank you so much, lady. But anyway, when I paid my bill for however many people will be coming over throughout Pesach, I put the lady's bottle of wine in the tab, you know, because I want to do for people. And and we all want to do for people. That's who, who we are. Because Hashem Libo is right, because everyone's our helpers and we're everyone's helpers. But the next words are, Vani Ereb Sonai, and I will see bisonai into my enemies now i know art scroll and probably out most of them explain that that means that when hashem's with you you'll see the downfall of your enemies but it's not what it says it says i will see into them i can see also into them because when i see into me i see into them all of you guys who worked with me all of you guys who did the possible you you know you saw into people like nobody's business you probably still do you might even see into people better than you see in yourself but all of a sudden you see into them and you, and you see into the people you don't like who are the sunai them who are my enemies people i don't like and suddenly i see into them and i see them like i can actually see them i wasn't seeing them before i didn't want to see them and for some of us that's a father and some of us it's a mother and some of us it's a sibling or some of us it's a hey Troy Mazeltov I didn't get to read the rest of your messages by the way um but I will and I'll always put your messages on top if I miss them um see into um I, I, I can see because I've got perspective now and when did you say that right after you said Minha Meitzar from the Meitzar I called out to Hashem I screamed out from that that place of constriction. 
I call out from that place of constriction. And Hashem answers me with expansion. Which is telling us that there's a screaming modality. That I, that I call out. We know there's a modality like that. Because anytime Torah tells us multiple words for one thing, we know it's a, a big thing. Like, for example, there's over 20 words in Hebrew for desire. I know you guys from Williamsburg know the one, know the, the, your favorite one, I'm sure, is Yael. Yael Moshe. And, and Moshe wanted to stay when he was in Midian. And, um, and the, um, oh, that's so funny. I just had an amazing hop. That uh, that you know the they use the 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 Hasidim in America that use the words of the Satmar Rebbe about the state of Israel, the you know that his famous book was called V'yoyim Moshe, and Moshe wanted to stay in Midian, but you see how badly he wanted to stay in Midian because when Hashem finally comes to him at the burning bush and says like, "Get out," he's like, "Nah, take my brother." He's he, He's already leading them. Let him lead them. I'm good here. I'm staying. I'm not going to the land of Israel. So like it really full circle. But what, what's the crazy thing? The crazy thing is that the Jews get a plague from the Midianites. Why? Because the Midianites hit the Jews below the belt. Meaning, meaning there was the, they, the sexual promiscuity of the Midianite women is where, that's where we draw, draw the line. That's where we're like, you know, that's where you get your Pinchas. That's where you, you, you get your Pinchas, and that's where you get a plague. God forbid, plague comes from that. And that's where you got your Kateus, and that's when you get yourself the hell out of there and go to Eretz Yisrael. So you guys are all at the tail end of the 1960s sexual revolution. And what's so interesting about that is that that you probably don't know anything about this, but the birth control pill was when it started. The birth control pill was just like a, just a you know a little way to like plan your family a little better, you know. Except what for the last five thousand years, every single female said no because of the risk that sexuality. on her so the answer was no it was just no for thousands of years answers no no i'm not gonna ruin my life you know and so men had to get used to the fact that they would have to be a mensch to become the kind of character that a woman would say yes and when would she say yes when you put the insurance (laughs) insurance policy on her finger and then she said, yes, otherwise it was no. And even if she was an atheist, even if she was, a, you know, a Greek or whatever, you know, the most Western maskila, the answer was no. Put a wing, ring on the finger, the answer is yes. They come up with a pill that takes away the risk of, of pregnancy. And the women are like, yes. Suddenly they turned it into a yes. And then, you know what happened? You know what happened? The moment they did that, like the, the rig of the birth of the girl came out and the women said yes. You know what happened that moment? 
every man in the world, I'm not talking about Jewish men, well, from men, every man in the world said the following words. Why buy when you can rent? Meaning, if what was holding us back was that, and that we had to basically buy, meaning get married, which is a gigantic liability, the second they said yes, the men said, fine. And you, know, you don't want to know what happened? You can check this out yourselves. When the day the birth control came out, the marriage age just like bumped up like almost 10 years. In every society that they discover the technology of that pill, the marriage age jumps up like 10 years because the men aren't, aren't interested. And if you, live, if you live anywhere in a metropolitan area like, like uh, Manhattan or anywhere like that, the marriage age is 10 years beyond that. Meaning it's more, instead of tw- going from uh, the late teens to the mid-late tw- 20s, it went now to the late 30s. And when the men finally realize, hey, you know, maybe I do want to get married because, like, maybe I want to have a family because time's passing by, they turn around and you know what they got? They got a giant used car lot. And I'm not talking about Avis here. This is like rent-a-wreck. You know, they, these people have been through hell. You know, it's a, it's a giant, you know, disaster. And those people who finally get married, you know what their divorce rate is? At least in metropolitan areas, 60% divorce rates. Metropolitan areas, city areas, like big city areas, 60% divorce rate. Anyway, but all of that devolved and devolved and devolved and devolved. And if you can picture a toilet now, devolved and devolved into what has now become transgender terrorism, which is exactly what's going on now. Like, like, while the whole progressive movement makes them the most honored people, they're angry. Who are you angry at? Like, the whole society has honored you now. Like, it's the best way to get a job, best way to get into Harvard now. It's the best way to get anything you want. Like, what are you angry about now? Like, we, we, we accepted you. And, the, and they become basically a terrorist organization. Because... You know, because it's it's over now. And uh, I'll just finish. I can't say all that without finishing with the following. You can Google what I'm about to say as well. This is a really crazy one. Um, the the last thing is that every every society that's disappeared on the planet, um, whatever countries disappeared or or civilizations disappeared, you know, Greeks, Romans, uh, uh, Native Americans, everyone that ever disappeared. Um, you, we have their artifacts. I mean, we have things they made. We have art they made. We have paintings they made. We have sculptures they've made. We've had cave paintings from like really ancient times. Right at the time where the society disappeared, the gender of the artwork turns neutral. You can't tell anymore if the figure, meaning let's say it's a sculpture, you can't tell if it's a man or a woman. If it's a painting, you can't tell if it's a man or a woman. It goes gender neutral right before the end of that civilization. So, so that that should make you nervous. And but you have, Rami, Rami you have you have why I put that together with Viola Moshe with Midian. But the end of that story of the you know if you want to call it Masa Avos Simulam is the Midianite women. 
And once you got the Midianite women, we're out, man. We're not, we're not, we're not hanging around the Midianites. We're done with Midian. And, and that was a vicious attack. Like, yeah, that's nice. You want to hang out in Midian. And by the way, Moshe Rabbeinu had no intention of hanging out in Midian. We just had to get, we had to cross through these places to get to Eretz But at that point, you get your, you get yourselves out of there. Okay. Um, uh, by the way, Eretz Yisrael has plenty of problems. <laughs> if you haven't watched the news lately. But we're like, you know, like the, I knew this was going to happen in Eretz Yisrael, but I just didn't think it was going to happen this early. But the, but the whole craziness going on in America between the left and the right just hit us like 10 years early. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it was going to explode anyway, but it just exploded a couple years before I thought it would. Um, let's go back into into Pesach. Actually, you know what? I'm going to pause for questions. Um, anyone got a question? You can shoot it or you can raise your hand and I'll call on you. Yeah, you're me. Yeah, according to what you said, is there's no place in the world that's not going to end. Because it's everywhere. There's no... Um, revolution neutral. Yeah. neutral um yeah it's oh meaning it's gonna end everywhere well, well and it's, it's not, is not, gonna, not anything better it's like right, but it's not there. gonna end in societies that that refuse all all of that garbage any society that refuses that garbage will survive and there's many that don't, that refuse it uh russians absolutely refuse it china absolutely refuse it those are big areas um islam large areas of the of the human population absolutely refuse it uh, there's a billion christians absolutely refuse it so so it's not that push it but again the 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 way either you're vocally refuting it or you're you know you're either you're either against the problem or you're part of the problem <laughs> so if you don't speak up and do something you know, they, they tried to get, the, you know, I guess it was like, you know, they're always trying to get everyone to recognize these things. So they were trying to get the National Hockey League to recognize this stuff. You know, the hockey guys, they're not interested in that. So the, the like half the league refused to put on special jerseys in honor of those people. Like half the league. So they just like, I think they canceled. I don't know. Right now it's a whole controversy. Like, what are they going to do? Because they put, they made this whole campaign that... You know, and it, it's happening where people are refusing. So we do have to be vocal. If you're not vocal, you're complicit. You're, you're, if you're not against it, you're part of it. That doesn't make Israel any better than America at this point. Oh, Israel has its own issues. And, and, uh, and the, but the, the main reason why I thought it would be 10 more years is because the, the population that's um, progressive in Israel is, is not having children they don't have they don't have progeny and the the birth rate of the frum people in israel is is gigantic it's like um it depends like in the modern orthodox community it's like four and five kids in the haredi community it's more like six to eight kids which is massive and that's gigantic i don't think there's many places on earth like this the arabs here have gone down to um, I think, uh, Shai, you know what the Arabs is? Can you look it up real quick? 
just uh, Google it real quick. Something like three or four. And the, but the, but here's the thing, Jeremy, I can't even tell you what the secular Israelis birth rate is. You know why? They won't print it. The only thing they're willing to print is those who get married. But that's not your birth rate. Your birth rate has to be the whole population. What about the thousands, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Israelis that never get married? They won't let that be part of the statistic. They're only letting the marrieds be part of the statistic. You have, so, so they'll say like, yeah, they have a 1.2 rate or, or 2.1 rate or something. Uh, they, they leave out the fact that there's an entire, the biggest city, second biggest population in the whole country. Hardly anyone even gets married over there. They're too busy, you know, drinking and doing drugs and, and making millions in high tech. So, so anyway, the reason why I said in 10 years is that in 10 years, when there's only a very little amount of them and all that older generation, the actual muskelium have died, meaning the, the people who founded the Medina, they're gone. They're, they're mostly gone now, but in the next few years, they'll be gone. And then all you have left is, is just, you know, a bunch of people with nose rings and, and tattoos, but they don't have kids. And in fact, their, their whole movement is impossible to have kids unless you do it in a laboratory. So it's like, it's like they, so my, my calculations about 20 years ago was that in around 2030, plus a little, they were going to like go bananas for like their last chance to try to strangle, you know, the country for their, for their right to exist. But uh, BB had other ideas, and the and the planet's all fighting now, so they just went for it, you know. And BB backed down, which he's probably gonna have to pay for in a big way, you know. So that's it. But but you should you should all be all of us have to be watching very open eyed about what's happening in the world today, and make sure we're not getting ourselves into trouble because uh, it's pretty scary times. And uh, we we don't know where any of this is going to go. Um, questions? Any questions on what I covered on Pesach stuff? No one got any questions? Okay, great. Um, I'm going to pull out my guitar a little bit and take us on a little journey. Before I do, I'll do a little... No, you know what? I think I'll take us on a journey first, and then I'll then I'll take us on a little Pesach medley of. Uh... Um, so let's do a little meditation on our on leaving our own exile, our own self-imposed exiles. And before I do that real quick, I want to mention that um, oh, we have a, a uh, growth rate. Oh, you sent it. Shai, you can just say it. Yeah, the air population growth rate's gone down to 2.2 from 3.8 as of 2013. So that's even old information. That's what I found. That's old information. 
I think we have more current information, but I know it's gone down and down and down. When I moved to Israel, they were having eight, like the average Haredim, and then it was six, and then it was five, and then hit four, and I, I don't know what it got to. I haven't looked in years. So I just wanted to remind every Hasidic man here, when you say, we say, we ask Hashem, that have compassion on me, have mercy on me, while I am still in my own exile, my own Mitzrayim, my own Mitzar. Legaleni to redeem me, take me out into Geula. I sing that three times every Shabbos, and then I sing three times the next words. Because if Hashem takes you out of your golos and redeems you, then automatically, automatically, my heart will be awakened to your love. My heart's awakened to your love. When I leave my personal exile, my heart awakens to your love. And what are the next words? The as, and then, only if I leave my personal exile and my heart is awakened to your love, then I will keep your laws and your statutes without depression, without sadness. Isn't that interesting? You know what that means? That means that so many people who are in personal exiles are doing halacha, like they're keeping, you know, halacha of Klal Yisrael, the halachas of the Torah, they're keeping it be'etzav. That's the diuk. You're not doing it besimcha. Because if your heart, if you're in exile, your heart's not, not in love with Hashem and feeling Hashem's love for you. Avasecha. And and therefore, and then it goes on. And it means you're not davening right. Meaning, if you're in a self-imposed exile, and we all know this, when you're in a self-imposed exile, your davening stinks. You can be Yotzi sign. You can pray for things. You can daven for somebody. But for you, as a personal experience. It's no good. It stinks. And then I can daven kedas with kedas, meaning the, the, the way it, would, it was set up to be done by Chazal. 
Ucherui in a way that's fitting. Ucherui and just dumb right. So I can't even dumb right if I'm not alive. You know, one of the modalities that I taught many of you is the breath work. But let me teach you all a new breath. That's important. Um, There's a breath work for anxiety. Any of you want to hear a breath work for anxiety? It's a very simple thing. For anxiety, if you're ever feeling that tightness in your chest, shortness of breath, and you're you're suddenly like lost in anxiety, getting anxious over things. So the breath is like this. It's you fill your belly quick, like a like a balloon shooting in, like at a gift shop. You know, like fill your belly quick, and then a little breath to fill the chest, like this. Watch. You can do it through the nose. And then you blow out slowly through the mouth as long as you can. Try again. Try it together. Belly quick. And nose. You'll start to already feel different in your head. Notice your head now. Go keep going. Nose. Try mouth. You can get in more air. And try first nose and then mouth. So what I did in Shmone Esri, you can relax now. What I did in Shmone Esri today was something very interesting. I did the Shachris in Mincha. Is before the beginning of each bracha of Shmone Esri, I went like this. I went, I went. And then the big one, meaning in the chest. And then my whole exhale, very slowly, I let out. I let out very little air. I more moved my lips than I let out air. I moved my lips through the whole bracha. When I got to the bracha Tashem. Then I held with the nowhere in my body, absolutely nowhere, held for a moment, and then. And I can tell you that by the time I got to about midway through Shemana yesterday, it was a different experience. Like I was really focusing in on the words. My my heart was open. My my brain was not on anything else than the experience of the tefillah. Okay, everyone close your eyes a moment. Just closing your eyes and breathing normally after that breath work. That should do the trick. Rest your hands on your legs, palms up. Just breathing and being present. 
I'm just going to tell my neighbor to be a little quieter. Where's my camera? So let's take our mates are all the inner negative beliefs. Just everyone choose a few inner negative beliefs, negative uh, thoughts about yourself. Take a few of them and attach it to a sheep, meaning just find your sheep. Take that sheep into your house with its puffed up wool into your bedroom. You can even picture yourself in Mitzrayim like a wood bed meaning the bed posts and holding it up made of wood taking that sheep and tying it up so you can inspect it inspecting that sheep sensing the scrawny goopy lanolin covered just like an oversized rat. All the negative stuff you're willing to say about yourself is there. Just breathing into those things. And especially now, like, what are you up to now in your life? What have you been saying to yourself about yourself now? You know, right now, with your situation where you're holding now with the Pesach cleaning, with the paying for everything, the finances. The... Just go deep into that. What have you been saying? What are you up to? And now go into the wool. But before you go to the wool, because the wool puffing out is more the fight survival strategies, go first to the flight. How do you hold back? How are you holding back? What expression are you not expressing? What are you holding back from the world? What are the calls you should be making? Business moves you are afraid to do. Community, how do you hold back in community? 
how you're holding back in prayer. How do you hold back with family? You know more or less who you're doing Seder with this year. How do you hold back in those presence of those people that you shouldn't get exposed for your inner negative beliefs? And of course, you're holding back because of that scrawny sheep, that, those inner negative beliefs you don't want exposed. Which, of course, causing you to die with your song unsung. Don't die with your song still in you. But if you die with your song in, within you, you're always in a process of dying. I'm so scared of dying because I never sang my song. now go to the wool let that wool come out of the body of that scrawny sheep it's all your puffed up look at me ego side is it the car you drive or the clothes you wear or the way you do your hair or Just inspect the sheep for how it's puffed up. What's that chametz? What's that ego? What is that false person you're putting forward? That scrawny sheep's what you say to yourself about yourself. But all that wool is what you're saying to everyone else about yourself. all this impacting obviously it's impacting so many people but that you can do your own MS talks about the main impact I want you to focus on now is the mates are means that all the ways that your perspective on the world are filtered is filtering through this system it's all filtering through that which means you don't see That's the mates are. There's no vision. And when you're in that mates are, nothing counts. You can't even enjoy your own family, your own food. The fruit of your handiwork is... It's even more painful. Because you... If nothing were going on, you'd be like, okay... Nothing's going on. I'm just anxious. But to feel that anxiousness instead of enjoying your fruits is more painful. 
taking a deep breath. Release all that. Let out a sigh. Let it go. Another deep breath, this time hold. And let it go. Last time, deep breath. Hold your breath. Holding all of that and let it go. And now imagine now it's the fourth day. You dalad Nissan and you take that sheep out. You bring it to the coin. Base of Migdash. Mushalayim. He takes out his knife. His big knife. Puts the sheep down on the ring on the floor of the base of Migdash so his neck is exposed. And the coin checks it. Shchite. Now the coin's handing you a sack full of meat. You're sitting at the Seder table now with doing your karach with the original matzah before all the chumras from all the sveikas. So it actually does wrap, which is the word karach means a wrap. With the maror. Oh, yeah, Lord, 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 
As you hear the numbers one through five, you can open up your eyes, coming up one, two, three, four, and opening up your eyes five. Give everyone a big bracha to have a mamish. This this experience of Pesach, and I'm going to tell all of you to close your eyes during the seder for a little bit. Let everyone just wonder what's going on with you. But uh, don't forget, it's your seder. Your screen is, is so your... closed. What's closed? Your screen. We can't see you. I had no idea it was closed for any of this. So it's all right. We were doing a meditation anyway. Thanks. That's so funny. I thought it was on there the whole time. Um, I was just saying that everyone take time during Leila Seder to make it yours. You know, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people. There's a balagan. There's little kids everywhere. People are screaming and people are getting frustrated. Just keep in your, stay in your space. Stay in your space. You, you be the one who's the the chavis guy. You be you be in that state, and just stay contained within yourself. Contained. You know, you're not you're not moved by what's going on. Someone spills a little wine, no big deal. Someone breaks your matzah before you even start the seder. Get another one. Yeah, you're you're zman chavisena. Yeah, and uh, so stay in your space throughout it, and, m- and make sure you wash twice a day. 
and make sure you have a, at least a glass of wine per meal. Okay, you want an Indian to, to wash twice a day and to have wine each time. And if you have digestive issues with uh, all the matzah, so you can um, you can take psyllium seed, which is kosher pesach, also for Ashkenazim. It's called psyllium seed, and uh, with a p, psyllium, p s y l i u m seed. Um, Solgar makes it. I've never seen it not kosher for Pesach. And uh, and there's a much fancier version by Tahua, which I don't know yet if it's kosher for Pesach, but I sent a message to um I sent a message to the person who sets me up with my stuff from them. One sec. And I'll just let you know a few more things. Tahua. Pinchas. Let's see what he said. Uh, he might not have answered me yet. Let's see. No answer. I'll just send him a question mark. It is. It is. I checked it, Robert Glazer. Oh, you, you checked that motion is uh, kosher yeah, pesach. Yeah, all that, all that, all the whole whole package. Oh, all of their seafood, their zyme. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, motion. A- action also. Action, the whole thing. Oh, you guys get motion and action. You're gonna have no problems this pesach. You, you'll literally, you'll have so much more fun on pesach. Just don't overdo the action because you may get a little too much action. But the motion <laughs> is a lifesaver. While I watch everyone suffer on Pesach, I'm just, I'm all good. So the, um, uh, what else I want to, oh yeah, just a couple of things to tell you guys. Um, and if you have any questions, you can ask. Um, a couple of things to know. Um, oh, one thing is, is that the possibly you is going up to $1,500. The as we're expanding, the price is expanding. Not to mention the cost of everything's expanding, but 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 that was our original expansion was all the inflation to, to twelve hundred. But now, like we've got a lot a lot more overhead that's going on with us. So so we're we're going to fifteen hundred. But we are making um, anyone who signs up for the seminar before Pesach, sorry, before Pesach ends, is uh, they have all holomoids. So that way, when you're schmoozing all your friends on Pesach. They can get a $300 off. Second Shvisha Pesach hits. Yontav hits. Bam. It goes to $1,500 right there. So, um, and and you should know that that people who are, people who are like serious, I mean, an Avrech Koylel who comes to me and says like, I'm an Avrech, no one's helping me. You know, you, you think I, I tell him sorry. I don't tell him sorry. I find people to sponsor him and, and also the guy who told him to come to the seminar, I call that guy and says, I say to the guy, like, help sponsor him. Like, let's get this guy there. So, but there's never, there's never no. Um, and, um, and the, uh, you know, I've met people who gotten so much trouble in their lives over the years, you know, back when it was like, the seminar was like $300. I speak to this guy like 10 years later and I, ne- I, I never met him before. He's in a lot of trouble. And I say to the guy, you know, he comes up to me after the seminar. He says, you know, after after this, I realize how much trouble I could have saved myself if I came to your seminar 10 years ago. I said, why didn't you come? He says, I didn't have money. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> you know, people, how many people were probably in my seminar that month in, a, in Yerushalayim that didn't have money to do the seminar? And, and not to mention, by the way, they get the money because when they have to go get their nose, by the time they come back on the fourth day, they got all the money because they were like, yeah, of course sure i can give you a couple hundred bucks you know and they they get the money by the end anyway 
Um, but Shai, I don't know if you have announcements about about people with no who really are stuck. But but I get people sponsoring people all the time for it, and I've also um, helped people. Announcement prepay sucks sale. Um, I said that okay. And uh, and for people who can't afford it all at once, they can have up to three payments. Um, spring schedule. Um, I'm coming to Brooklyn right after Yontif. So, so that's coming up real soon. When's April 23rd, everybody? Are we in April yet? Is it April? Uh, can someone put up a number of fingers how many days into April we are? April 2nd? April 2nd. Um, so April 2nd. So, yeah, we're going to have a week of Pesach, and then I'll, I'll have a week off, and then, uh, and then I'm coming to – so I'm going to be in Brooklyn on the 23rd. Um, there's also going to be one that week in Muncie, Muncie with Freeman Goldstein. So that's going to be Mashahu Mashahu in uh, Muncie. And uh, that's the same week. And then uh, I will be in Muncie a couple weeks later, May, and uh, London in May as well. Shimshi, coming your way. Hi, Shimshi. Shimshi Wave, that's uh, one of the two partners that run London over there. Uh, amongst many people helping out, um, then uh, I got we got a, another Pasu Shabbaton. Pasu Shabbaton is coming up. Um, this Shabbaton is going to be a little more expensive this time because because um, I'm not paying for Shabbaton. People pay me a lot of money to lead Shabbatons, but that that last Shabbaton I paid ten thousand dollars for and led the entire Shabbaton. So this Shabbaton is going to have to be a little more expensive because no offense, but I'm not paying for the Shabbaton <laughs> this time. You know, like I, it's got to, I don't mind if I make nothing, but I'm not paying $10,000 to lead a Shabbaton for the graduates. So please, everyone, uh, if you want to be part of it, um, I can tell you that, uh, I mean, any of you were, any of you want to mention having been there, what it was like, it was just, like nothing I've ever experienced. I, I think it was my favorite Shabbaton after 32 years of leading Shabbatons, including like all the Eshatora Shabbatons, every other Shabbaton I was hired for. Never did we go that deep. And this time, Motsi Shabbos, I've got a, more tricks up my sleeve. So we did we did intense breath work, Motsi Shabbos. I think we'll do it again. But with a, I'd like to throw something else out there, which I haven't even mentioned to Shai, but I want to keep it a surprise for now. Um, the I'm not going to tell you guys, Rabbi Glazer. Isn't it like the seminar? Like, you got to really experience it to, to know what they're talking about. About the Shabbaton, there's only so much you can say, and then you know, the rest <laughs> I don't just, know. I like, go explain cr- somebody the third day before, right? It was crazy, it was crazy what we had was, happen like on that beyond, 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 beyond. And I can't believe we did it all on Shabbos, hmm. meaning in one like. Two days, basically. Um, that's the Shabbos. Uh, women have uh, Brooklyn, April 30th. So I'm doing Brooklyn two weeks after Pesach, three weeks from now. And um, the very week I finish, it's going to be um, possibly you in, in our center in Brooklyn. And then Lakewood, April 30th. And April, that'll be in our new center. That'll be Brookie Fisher leading. And... Um, and then London, we have our um, 
Maybe we should fly everyone into London, meaning of all the women. Shy, maybe we should think about that. But uh, women could have a lot of fun in London together. But the, but we have a Gitty Brief who led the last Lakewood seminar. She's going to be leading London. She's flying into London to lead it. Um, is that the same week I'm leading it, Shy? No. No, no, no way. So no, you're in London May 28th. Okay. Cool. Uh, what else can I say? When you guys come to Eretz Yisrael for Jerusalem, make sure you look me up so we can hang out and have a l'chaim. And uh, and then the last thing to know is that the end of uh, the end uh, right after Tishabov, we're going to Switzerland for major seminar work. We haven't decided which seminar I'm running, but it's going to be a major seminar work in what's called God's Playground, which will include river rafting, rock climbing you know, zip lining, like every kind of thing in the most beautiful place in the world. And it's going to go very, we'll go very deep there as well, including yoga classes and all kinds of davenings. We're going to eat like kings and um, it's going to be very special. Um, I'm expecting that all the, that the men that join that are going to be taking their wives and kids away for whatever time they're taking away, but not that week. That Sunday to Thursday is for your growth. And you'll have plenty. You'll have given plenty to your family by that point of the summer. That it's time to to go go away. Um, I see a hand up. Uh, Yermi, you have a question. Uh, regarding the presence process, you want to see if you have uh, enough people for. Oh, the presence process. Yeah. So the other thing is that um, I'm planning a ten week seminar that I'm doing. I've never done it before. It's called the presence process. You do it at home. And I'm considering making a chabura for uh, men who would like to join me in the presence process. You can look it up online. It's Is a very the, book, the presence process. Oh, thank oh, you. Okay. Yermi's holding up the book. Wow. Uh, Yermi, can I unspotlight myself for a sec? Keep holding the book. Uh, how do I do that? Uh, oh, remove spotlight. So you're, I'm going to spotlight Yermi for a sec. Uh, people entered the waiting room. Shy. Um, spotlight for everyone. So hold up that book. Yeah. So that is the presence process written by Michael Brown. Michael Brown's like a Yom Tov Glazer in, in the Goetia world. It's from London. And what he did after all his work in his life, what he did was he, he created, um, I removed the spotlight. You're good now. You're me. Um, what he did was he created a very deep tissue seminar to get you into full-time presence like now 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 i've done a lot of work in my life to get to where i'm at and i know the possibility of people always asking like how can i live in the now all the time like i want to live in that now i want to live in the shut up neurons so he created a 10-week process that gets you there and now here's the catch if you want to join it um i'm i'm planning on leading it it's going to be 10 weeks I don't know how often we're going to meet. I haven't set it up yet. I don't know how much I'm going to charge to be with the Rosh Chabura for this. I don't think I'm going to charge very much because I myself am going through it. So I can't like, I'm not really, I'm just the one keeping us all together and keeping us motivated to do it. Uh, we're all going to share our growth through it. I suggest everyone research it a bit first. Also, it's 150 pages to get to it. You can't do it until you read the 150 pages. I listened to them. I got to it. I, by the way, you hear me, I finished. I got to the 150 page. Did you finish? I'm almost there. I'm, I'm going working fast. Should do it before okay. Kaiser. So I'm there. I think that it, we should do it connected to Sphere Salimah, right? So 
Yermi, can you do me a favor and just light a fire underneath Shai a little bit to to have this start as soon as Spirit Sonoma starts as possible? Um, obviously, people have to catch up if you'd like to be part of it. And Shai, I think we need to send out some kind of message. Maybe I'll send it out in the communities. Um, you, you could stand by the book for the read, even if you're not going to join. It's, a, it's an amazing read. It's an amazing read. It's, it's really like as if I wrote the book. But again, uh, it looks like it's going to be a special process. I'm excited to do it. Um, and also you get to see that Yom Tov grows too. You know, I'm not just out there in front of everybody trying to, you know, get you all to break through. I, I want to, I'm having my own breakthroughs and I found a new, I, a new option and I'm jumping in. Okay. Um, Shalom everyone. If I, if I had a million dollars, I'd fly all of you in to join my Seder. I'd have all of you with me and with your families. And please, God, we're all going to be together eating carbon Pesach with Mashiach Tzidkena B'mero V'yomenu with the Binyan Besam Migdash B'Kalev. Amen. Slacha. I love you guys. I love you, David Blau, too, especially because you and I are two peas in a pod. And but shalom, everyone. Shalom, shalom. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Shalom. Thank you. Welcome. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.